Well, hello. Welcome to Midlife State of Mind, the show for that middle section of your life, the one that comes after you've raised yourself, your kids, and the rim on your rose-colored glasses. I'm your host, Erin Beadle. And I'm your host, Alicia Jessness, and we're so excited for you to join us as we talk about all the weird and wonderful ways things change as you navigate midlife, the state of mind, that is. Hello, hello, hello. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay, can you good. hear me? I can. <laughs> You sound very close. Do I sound super close? <laughs> no. Hang on. Okay. We're still learning how to operate this equipment, you guys. Um, okay, so thank you so much for, for hanging out. Um, we are so excited. Uh, we're, we're several episodes into recording, but we actually just launched our podcast yesterday, and we are just thrilled with the response. We just want to thank you guys for listening and for sharing and for rating and giving us feedback we're so appreciative um for each and every one of you definitely like I've been blown away I I do have to tell you a little story so um I've been a little bit you know stressed like you have leading up to like getting the podcast launched you know you're jumping through all the hoops and um I go to the same gym every day and there's the manager um I'll call him Joe (laughs) <laughs> just okay. for an an enemy an enemy's sake. All right, so um, let's set the scene. So so this is in Cobb County. This yes, is, that's where Aaron. Yes. Was. So, and I go, and I'm always very you know polite when I check in. I say, you know, good afternoon or good morning or whatever time of day it is. Um, and so I always you know say good morning to him, and um, right. and he's like, hey, are you okay? <laughs> and I go, what? Do I not look okay? Well, I know. Like, my first thought is, like, what's on my face? Right. Did, is there, do I have a boogie? Is yeah. Boogie <laughs> so I go, what? I'm kind of like, what? And he goes, are you okay? Are you okay? You've just seemed really preoccupied lately. Uh, and this is like a muscle guy. Like, he's an MMA fighter. Okay. Um, and I was like, oh, yeah. Well, actually, I said, I, I said, funny that you asked because I have been kind of stressed because I said my podcast um that I've been working on we just launched and so I've been kind of like my head has been you know in a million different places and so after I you know I I was kind of like oh wow like first off like holy crap do I wear my um, emotion like do I wear my stress on my face right, all right. the time isn't that noticeable yeah yeah then secondly I'm like okay like I was um, kind of pigeonholing him as like you know like MMA fighter like total like not connected the sharpest to, right, yeah sure. yeah so anyhow I just thought it was kind of funny because um he's very connected to his yeah emotions. yeah so I I was like oh wow okay so like thinking that he must be an empath and pick up on other people's emotions. Um, That's interesting. That's interesting that it was a dude. At That's the exactly. Gym I was like <laughs> that. Notice I can get my hair were... colored and cut, and come home, and and then my husband would come home from back in the old days when he used to go into an office. Right, right. <laughs> when when we used to leave the house every day to do things, and he and and I'm just like sitting there like waiting for him to say like oh Oh, your hair is three shades lighter or like oh you got three inches cut off and then I'm like hey like do I look any different and he's like uh Uh, yes huh his (laughs) excuses you always look beautiful honey I'm like oh well at least he covers well I mean yes he covers with sweetness but um (laughs) So it kind of did. I was like, that's just something that I guess I think of a woman would do. Sure. You know, that sure. she would be like, you know, you've seemed preoccupied lately, but it's like a Mr. You know, fighter dude. Sure. So. And I think we're all, like, we're all so preoccupied lately. I think it's just a surprise that anyone notices anyone else in that way. Like we've just yes. been so overwhelmed with what's going on in the universe 
And I mean, you know, it's not just COVID. It's, you know, what's going on in Afghanistan, global warming. The, you know, it's just, it's a lot. It's a, it's an interesting time to be alive. There's, there's so much happening. And I mean, you know, just being noticed in that way, in an emotional, connective way where someone's saying like, hey, I notice you're a little off. Yeah. It's nice, but it can also be a little off-putting. You're like, oh my gosh, like what? Do you, uh, okay, do we know each other that well? But I know. That's what I was like. <laughs> I I mean, I see you all the time and I say, good morning, good afternoon. But that's about the extent of our conversation. And ever. you've never had a real conversation no. with this person. So, so it's interesting. I was kind of, I was. Taken aback a little bit. Taken aback, but not in a totally bad way. And sure. kind of, you know, like, oh, wow. Okay. Like, you know, but, um. So how was your drive? How was your drive up here? Oh my gosh, that drive! Don't even get me started. Um, <laughs> Listen, there's a reason I've only done it once. <laughs> oh wait, the truth comes out. The truth is coming out. Yeah, I mean, I look, I will do it. Oh, I, I know you will. Well, I mean, and I get to see my boys you because do. my two grown boys live here. This is where I'm from, so it is my hometown. My mom's here. My two sisters. My brother. We're talking about all Savannah, my nieces y'all. and nephews. Yes. Um, Good old Savannah. And so. Plus we have this awesome space that we get to use here. It's so beautiful. Should I set the picture? Let's Um, do it. Let's do it. We're in a beautiful um, photography studio of our good friend, Tammy. Shout out, Tammy. Yes. Thank you. She (laughs) lets us use this space. It's so wonderful. We're right above a dance studio. So we hear river dancing in the background. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You you might hear a little. You hear some clogging. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's going on downstairs. So I think they're practicing for a recital or something. We're just going to have to roll. Did I tell you that I took ballet? You did not. Yeah. I took ballet as a 40 something year old woman. No, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're not talking seven years old here. Oh, no, no, no. I didn't take ballet as a little girl because we were poor. <laughs> I mean, I did ballet in my living room. But sure. um, put on, you know, my mom's. I remember my younger sister, I used to put on um, this like crinoline type thing that my mom had. I don't know because she wasn't born back in the hoop skirt days. But um, right. And we would practice our ballet. But um, yeah, I, I, because I had never taken formal dance classes ever. Um, I, I took a ballet class. I think I was probably, probably about 40. My husband said he would pay good money because they actually, they have grown women recitals. Yeah. I, I have a good friend here in town. Well, actually a couple of friends, but my, my good friend, Misha, she, they did a dance class several years ago and had a recital. I missed it. I'm sad that I missed it, but, um, actually I, they, right here, I believe, in this studio downstairs. Is really? Took the, I think so. Well, my husband said, I will pay good money to see you in a tutu. <laughs> okay, so did you did you have a recital? No. I was what? like, hell what? no. I'm a 40-year-old woman. I'm not getting up on stage. Come on. But actually, I did have to quit because, you know, I have MS. Yeah. And twirling is just not my friend. Okay. All right. <laughs> so we Too would twirling. start in one corner and you twirl your way to the other corner and yeah. I would totally end up in a different area I could never make it to well, the other listen, corner ballet is not for everybody it's definitely <laughs> not for me I've decided now I don't mind the like you know like <laughs> sweeping the arms out lifting the leg thing but um you know so now do you do bar classes ever I have it's not my cup of tea but I mean I think it's a great workout yeah. I just I'm not a big class person believe it or not Um, I mean I do yoga I was gonna say but you teach yoga and I take yoga classes um but other than that it's not for you yeah like my friends a lot of them do Zumba and they're always like come in I'm like y'all don't want to see me doing Zumba I I feel the same way like I I think I'm a good dancer until I go to a Zumba class and then I'm like this is not for me like I don't I'm I'm not organic dancer (laughs) (laughs) I'm an organic dancer not a scripted dancer there, I did. Please don't tell me ever, like the moves. I I don't know. It's my body is not built for. Well, I don't want to say that. I guess everybody is built for salsa dancing. If you're, you know, if, if that's your thing and that's your jam and you're into that. But every time I've ever attended a Zumba class, I just feel like. Well, I'm always three steps behind. Yeah, like I, I don't. It doesn't matter if I do this a hundred times. I'm still never gonna look like like this is. 
it's just not it's not for me yeah no I, I can't um, keep up it's too I fast. can't either and then they're going right and I'm like still left and you know and then you're I, bumping into people and you're like yeah. I, I not only am I am I ruining this for me I'm ruining it for other people that's exactly <laughs> I'm like you know I don't mind ruining it for me but when I start like impeding the flow of traffic for other people I'm like <laughs> you know I really probably shouldn't be doing this because I did take Zumba also probably that was back in the ballet day in the in my 40s my early 40s um and I think I was you know like oh it'll be fun and I'm like it's not fun for me it's not fun I love for to me. dance me too but I like to do the very like just Sure. Organic dancing. Rave dancing. I mean, come on, let's get real. <laughs> yeah, I've never been to a rave. There's a, you've never been to Wait, what? I'm older than you. I know you are. You are. And I forget that because she looks so young, you guys. Look, just look at our picture. She's the young looking one. No. No, yes. So I, I forget that you're, it's it's not I quite think I a had bit. a baby by the time rave dancing came, I, raves well, came out. Ha, so what, you're five years older? Six, yeah, six, six years. Six. Well, okay, yeah, maybe, maybe. Well, I mean, I had a kid young, so 24. So 1994. That's not super young. Oh, no, yeah, I was just graduating high school. Yeah, so raves were. That was right, right, right around the time that EDM took off and mm -hmm. raves became a thing, and then EDM music festivals. And um, I, I didn't yeah. want to pull a Sweet Home Alabama and bring a baby to a bar. <laughs> <laughs> y'all there's a bar in town i swear don't say the name i won't say the name but it is erin was going there um after we recorded our last session and i was like she's she had never been there and i told her this is what you're in for because it's exactly like that that's exactly what it's like it's exactly like that bar people do bring babies in there yeah <laughs> and i could it's i didn't see any that night but i could definitely imagine you know, somebody with a baby in there. Look, I, I, I brought a, a baby to a bar when he was young. Look, let's just say I was doing things differently in my 20s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, weren't we all? Well, speaking of 20s, let's talk about, um, let's talk about uh, menopause today. Temporary crazy, which is nothing that you ever think about in your 20s. You're like, I'll never, you know. That's so true. You don't. You, you think you're going to be youthful and be able to eat cheeseburgers and french fries and pizza unlimited yes. forever. You think you're going to be able to do that forever, but then you hit this midlife state of mind, state of life, and you realize cheeseburgers are not your friend. Did you see that <laughs> post I shared in my, in my little VIP group? And it was like, uh, I, I could eat a super extra grande gordito, a bag of Dor Doritos, and a large coke and not gain a pound and it's like now I swallow my spit and I gain you know I did see that <laughs> it's um, true though like I can't walk by chocolate cake without gaining five pounds it's bananas I know it is it is crazy but so yeah temporary crazy is what I kind of refer to it as but I will have to say this so I and I use the word crazy in the and the lovely sense of crazy. Absolutely. And you I guys mean, like, I'm not saying it, like, in a negative way. But I tell my husband this. Listen, if you've ever studied, like, the women's, a woman's cycle, you have. Okay, you have, you guys are going to hear that in the background. I just know it because we're <laughs> looking at each other like, what? We're like, is what? It's like timpanies are being yes, played downstairs. Yes, yes. <laughs> we did not know a rehearsal was going to be happening today. So in this episode, you guys are just going to have to roll You're with You're going to get some background You're gonna music. You're going to get some background music. Let me just go ahead and say we do not own the rights to this music. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> it's going to happen, though. Hopefully, All right. Hopefully you won't be able to hear it too much. You might hear a little. You're like, is that thunder? Yeah, that's pretty much what it sounds like yeah. for us. Well, okay, so I was like, who's driving a motorcycle? That is what it sounds like. So, um, all right. So you okay, tell your so husband. I tell my husband that, so if you know anything out of, about a woman's cycle, you know, you have the two dominant um, hormones that women have. Well, actually, men have them too, but right. estrogen, progesterone. But if you look at a man's cycle, it's kind of like if you flatlined at the hospital. Right. Right. Okay. Women's cycles is like a normal sinus rhythm. Up and down and up and down and up and down and up and down. Right? So the rhythm's pretty much the same for a woman, but a man doesn't. There's no rhythm. They just they don't just have. It it's like it's steadily. even. And so estrogen, um, as you as you, um, well, here, let me, as you, um, after you have your period, let's just say the day after your period. Okay. 
or the day after you stop your period, I, I don't know exactly when, you start to um, increase your um, progesterone levels and your estrogen levels fall. And that's usually when you're in a good mood, when you have like more progesterone on board. That's when you sleep better. Oh, I call it my Energizer Bunny days because I have like three days a month where I'm just, it's super high energy. That might be when, I'll tell you, that's when your estrogen is Oh, that's spiking. not this one? No. Okay. All right. Progesterone is like a, it's like a calming drug. So it's relaxant. Oh, yeah. And you okay. like sleep really good. You're like in the best mood. Well, Very, I don't ever sleep really good, but. <laughs> well, I know. But I mean, normally you're like, oh, like life is great. I love my husband or my you know partner that's what that is yes so okay as you lead up to your peer and see then it's really at its highest you know when you're um in your ovulation phase right okay. that's when the smell of your partner like makes you like just whoo you're like he is like fine you know oh yeah it's like shout out to procreation and you know the the dna for for procreating because yes and the pheromones right 100 yeah because you're ovulating and that's when you yes and men put out more pheromones than women um but but it's but, but it's a small percent of men that actually it's it's very interesting and this is really i read this one study the smell of tears will um, make a man's libido drop. What? Yeah, isn't that funny? I have never heard that. It's a, it's a biological evolutionary thing. Like, if a woman's crying, she's probably not in the mood for making love. Well, I mean, yeah, it makes perfect sense. Like, yeah. But biologically, that makes sense. Like, hey, she's hurting. She's in a state of distress or right. you know, she's been disheartened. Or... So I'm not going to try to be like, hey, right. baby. <laughs> right. <laughs> probably not the best time yeah. to make a move. Okay, so but then when you start to get right before you start your period, a couple of days leading up, your progesterone drops, your estrogen goes through the roof, it, it becomes dominant, and that's when you get all that energy, and that's when you can have insomnia. Okay, and that's so when you can get to where your partner can smell funny to you. I literally have a couple days of month, and I, I'm going to guess it's that's exactly what you're talking about, where I feel like I could probably stay up for between 48 and 72 hours. That's probably when your progesterone and just is go dropped. And go and go. The sleepy hormone. I mean, why can't we be like that all the time? Because I get so much done. Oh, uh, so see, I don't done. like when I'm in that. That's when I'm like, oh, I don't like it. I'm just saying. It's very productive. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm like... Ah, that's when I'm crazy. I feel totally out of sorts. And okay, so you're saying like that's the temporary crazy. Okay, so I, what I back to what I tell my husband. Listen, we don't want to be crazy. No, we don't. But our hormones are changing on a daily freaking basis. Yours are nice and even. Guess right. what? You're lucky that your hormones are not changing every day. Like we don't, and I'm not even really that crazy. He doesn't know how, if he's listening, you don't know how good you have it. I'm really not that crazy. I See, I do get a little crazy. I have definitely experienced times where I, I am like definitely very high up and energetic and I do tend to like be super productive and like that's the time I'll like. Every month I want to clean up my closet or rearrange my desk or do something. And it's it's definitely cyclical. Mm -hmm. But I also find, so let me tell you this or ask you this. And you can tell me since Erin's our research queen, you guys. Um, so I also find that during that time I am more easily agitated mm -hmm. and that I kind of get a little more... It's just like, look, I don't have time for your bullshit today. You're cut and dry, kind of. Yeah, like. it's that attitude. It's just like, it's not that I'm necessarily turned off by everything. It's just like, you got to try real hard to turn me on because yeah. I'm I'm in work mode. I'm in productivity mode. My body is telling me that I need to, I don't know, is it is it telling me that I need to get ready for something? Is that, is that what what's happening? You know, I, I don't, I don't know, like the physiological reason that estrogen you know I mean it does what it does but I don't know like evolutionary so if it was like do you think maybe maybe it's, that's like the last 
like but because then when you have your period you're kind of like you're down and lethargic so, so maybe it's like that it's like when you nest before you have a baby yeah all of a sudden you're like i gotta get everything done your body's telling you that you're you're you need to prepare for this time when you're going to be semi out of commission but in today's society though we don't it's not like you stay home from work and you stop moving and you yeah. stop doing your things while you're on your period. So it's different. But the hormone fluctuation hasn't changed since the species, since our species was, you know, came into being. Right. So even though we're living our lives in a completely different way, I think maybe this temporary crazy, um, it's it's partly because maybe we can't take that downtime like we once could you know, when we lived kind of slower, different lives. Oh, I bet women were just as crazy back then. You think? <laughs> I think so. They were probably like taking their club and like. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> I totally do. I just think it's evolution. Yeah. I mean, it's just, <clears throat> you know, I mean. It's just I, a natural process. Yeah. I just think it's like an it's like, why is, why are men taller than women? You know, why do men have more? I mean, it's just, it's all just biology and evolution and, and evolution takes so long. I mean, like evolutionary changes take right so long. I mean, thousands and thousands of years. Oh, mm -hmm. yes. I mean, maybe yeah. even a million. I mean, it might yeah. be that if humans are around in another 10,000 years, maybe, um, but you know, I think that um, our hormones are still going to be fluctuating. Yes. We're still going to have that but temporary maybe crazy. Maybe in the future they won't. Maybe they won't. Maybe they'll. When are we headed for asexuality? I don't think so. I think sex makes the world go round. You I do? Oh my gosh! Yes. <laughs> it comes down to to sex or uh, money or yeah, it's, like it's, that's totally, the biology. Yeah, I think it's like everything. Um, so, but well, let's talk about menopause a little bit. Let's give a little bit of, um, can I share a little bit of yes. info? Let, yes, please. Let's, um, okay. let's hear the research well, for this week. So I will say this is that, um, the average age for menopause is 51. Okay. I'm 51, but guess what? I just had my hormones checked. I went to the chronologist mm -hmm. and, um, I'm not in menopause. Now, perimenopause is mm -hmm. the time. So you have like pre-menopause mm -hmm. right which is like when you don't have a period and then right. you have your time where you have a period um, and then your perimenopause is that time leading up to menopause and it can last um up to 10 years okay so I'm in that right now like hormonally informed by blood work at the doctor I am officially in perimenopause but it happens early in my family so late 40s okay so 44 45 48 thus far and I'm you know coming up on 46 so so you're well it, it, perimenopause usually occurs during the 40s um, worldwide but some women notice changes as early as mid 30s and it's just like when you have the fluctuations in your estrogen the rise and the fall and your periods can grow either longer or shorter you can have you know some um very erratic periods. Mine have definitely grown longer and more intense. You know what mine did? Um, I mean, I am definitely perimenopausal. Is mine were getting closer together rather than further apart. That's interesting. So and I had an ablation. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like your ovary, uh, ovary, ovaries. <laughs> your ovaries are going. Sometimes they go into hyperdrive. Like they're. It's like biology again right right they're like oh this is our last ditch effort to like reproduce right yeah let me throw out eggs yeah you know so it's throwing them out quicker that's interesting yeah I've actually but some never women it that. doesn't have some you know just like re results may vary based sure. on the person sure. um so your ovaries are starting to shut down during perimenopause but it takes time um and so i said it can last 10 years but the average time for perimenopause is four years but, you know, sometimes perimenopause can last months. And some people, obviously, like surgically induced menopause happens overnight if you have your ovaries removed. Like if you had ovarian cancer right. and you had your ovaries removed. Right. Um, interesting little side note. Ovarian cancer, they have found, um, is that is not actually 
starts in your ovaries. It starts in the ends of your fallopian tubes. They were seeing a massive reduction in ovarian cancer in women who had had their tubes tied. Really? And they were like, huh, why is this? They think it's, it's, um, that sometimes the, the menses, the period will back up into the fallopian tubes. And I don't know like why that causes it. It, it causes disease. Yes. Yeah. And, 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 and the fallopian tubes, well, the ovaries are right there. So it just attaches to the ovaries. And then once the ovaries are affected, that's when it's very, you know, you can, and ovarian cancer is very hard to detect. Um, but I had my fallopian tubes taken out when I had my ablation because he said I'd had breast cancer by that time. Um, very early onset at 44. And so um, when they did all the BRCA testing and genetic testing, they, um, one of the things when my periods were getting closer together and heavier, Mm -hmm. um, I was, um, went to the, you know, my um, OBGYN and he said, we can do an ablation. I had, they talked to me about it years before, but I was like, yeah, I wasn't quite ready. So for people who don't know, tell, what is that? So it's basically where they take a little balloon, they dilate your cervix, they put the balloon up inside of your uterus, they inflate it. So it Mm -hmm. goes all the way and fills up your whole uterus. And then they burn off the lining of your uterus. Once you have it done, you can't have kids, but you don't build up a lining. And so you don't have a period. It's the most amazing thing. It's very easy recovery. The worst part is that they fill you full of air, you know, kind of. Mm-hmm. And so you have that like gassy feeling, yeah. yeah, you know, where you're just like, oh, but it's not the gas you can pass. You know what, though? It seems like that is a much better solution than the full-on hysterectomy because you're oh. still producing the hormones like you should because you still have all the parts, um, but then you, you're not having periods. Exactly. So well, let me ask you this. After mm-hmm. you had that procedure, you were 44? Yes. 44. 45. Okay. 45. I think I, I, I waited. Like, I was 44 when I had the breast cancer, and then the next year, because it was the end of the year, I had it the next, the following year. Okay, so then you haven't had periods since, since then? 45. Okay, so did did you have, like, a major shift in, like, your cyclic hormones after that? No, because you're, oh, I kept my ovaries, because when you went in, one of the things that they do, you know, caution you or that you agree to is that when they go in, it was laparoscopically, when they're going to take out the fallopian tubes, if they they look at your ovaries and mm-hmm. if they're healthy, they leave them. Right. And he said, your ovaries look great. So he just took out the fallopian tubes. So then the egg, even when you have an ablation, you're still releasing an egg, but it doesn't attach. It can't attach to the scar tissue. So you could have a little, you could have a little spotting. Right. But, um, you know, you just don't, the egg doesn't attach and then it doesn't build up a lining. Right. Preparing for, you know, to like host be this fertilized. egg and be mm-hmm. fertilized. Right. Um, I mean, obviously, then when the egg isn't fertilized, then you, you shed the whole lining and the egg and all that. Um, but, yeah, so when you have an ablation, they just make it so that the, the egg that comes out of your ovaries and travels down your fallopian tube, it can't, it can't be attached. There's nothing, yeah, there's, there's nowhere it's to host it. It's not a hospitable, you know, um, environment for it. But um, <clears throat> so definitely talk to your doctor. I highly recommend it. I'm not going to, you know, we're not medical professionals. Let us just make that uh, your very body, clear. Your decisions, yes. you know, do all the research. But it's, it's, it's good to hear stories, I think, from women who've had, you know, a multitude of types of procedures so that, you know, you, ha- you have varying experiences to, you know, to choose or to talk to your doctor about? Well, I talked to, I've had numerous friends who had had ablations before me and every single one of them was like, oh my God, it was the best thing I ever did. Oh, well that's, yeah. And I will say it was the best thing I ever did. So you got my, um, it's full endorsement, total endorsement, but okay. So back to menopause. So basically when you go 12 months without a period, you're considered in menopause. Okay. And if you go 11 months and then you have a period, you're not in menopause. You're starting. <laughs> so does any, do you know about 75 hard? I do. Okay. And you know, it's like, if you miss a day, you start, you start over. back over day one. Yep. Okay. Menopause is kind of like that. It's like 75 hard, but it's like maybe worse. I don't know. <laughs> Just kidding. You thought you were done. You're, you're not. not. So, so I, I did a little research this yeah, week too. So tell which... me, cause I, I want, I want to share some of my stats after you do. All right. So just, just some things, um, to watch out for in menopause, uh, just things that I was not 
aware of like you you we know the basic things obviously you know you're going to have hormone fluctuations you're going to have that temporary crazy um you know you you may have additional or worse cramping you may have you know less cramping or less heavy periods um but did you also know that you could get lead poisoning during menopause no from what that was a new one to me it says that lead that you're exposed to over your lifetime gets stored in your bones and because bones begin to break down much more quickly oh yes during and after menopause that lead is more likely to be released into your bloodstream so older women can have blood lead blood lead levels 30 percent higher than before they reach menopause that was totally i did not know that have never heard of that but i did know that women start losing um you know, like their bone loss um, is, it's like so you knew you knew ten percent a year or something after um, yeah menopause. So, so you, you knew about the, the I knew that the bone you know, structure decreases. Yes. That's why weight bearing activities, ladies, get your weight bearing activities in. Get get them in before menopause. All right, and then the other thing that I or there's a couple more things. Okay. A couple more things that I didn't know about is that um, you can have increased oral issues. So also something. What does that mean? Yeah, <laughs> there's so much material there, you guys. Okay, um, so, I know. I'm like, so yeah, so this is something I had never heard of until I started doing research, and it's that you 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 dry mouth. Yes. And then you have bone an, loss. Yeah, you have an increased risk for cavities. Cavities are more common in women after menopause. 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 The, the, the <laughs> menopause is menopause causing. Yeah. yeah. So I I was not aware of that. Um, I was aware of the osteoporosis. Yes, but um, that's the bone loss. Right. And then um, the heart disease. I think we've all heard of that. But mm-hmm. stroke, I did not know that you're incre- you have an increased re- risk for stroke. So it says um, your risk for stroke doubles every decade after 50. Yeah. So uh, that, and, and so I guess going through menopause. And it's probably it's, higher for women than men, is it? Um, I, it does not say it does not say. I wonder. Estrogen has a protective mechanism to it, like which, um, you know, like we curse men, we per- curse estrogen because like, oh, estrogen. That's what makes us crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but it does have a protective mechanism. Um, you know, like I was saying, I have MS and women do much better with MS than men because they think estrogen provides this like, um, you know, little like softener to it or something it makes it not as terrible than as in men that's interesting even though men have estrogen but that's not something that I knew yeah okay um so let's talk about what you can do after menopause to keep yourself healthy so here are some things that I found (laughs) besides like um kill your husband and like um move move to an isolated island by yourself um all right so what they recommend is that you get regular mammograms after Mm -hmm. 50 through age 75 you still get regular pap smears even after menopause you're still supposed to get one once a year and I think a lot of people think oh well I'm done with periods that means I'm done with pap smears and that is the number one way to detect for cancer growth cervical cervical but cancer. do you know that actually the American Academy of Obstetrics and Gynecology mm-hmm. or gynecology maybe not obstetrics the fact that you know that by heart <laughs> well they have made their recommendation out every three years for a pap smear which really? I am not a fan of I'm like what is the big deal of like taking a little q-tip and scraping my cervix and looking at the cells yeah yeah I, I want you to peek in there once a year Pe- yeah. peek in my Pikachu <laughs> Once a year and tell me what's going on up there. Thank you, Chelsea Handler, for that. That is probably my, that's what I think. Never mind. <laughs> she calls it her Pikachu and I think it's hilarious. Yes. Um, okay. I wonder why. Is this hers yellow? I don't, I'm, I'm like, not sure. No, I, I, I don't know, but I, I, would like to, I would like to ask her that. Like, where did you come up with that? Was it just random, like hoo-ha or, you know, hoo-hoo or I used to call names? it Christmas. Christmas like, you know not everybody like it like I don't know not because it came once a year but um. well, every- <laughs> <laughs> oh 
but I mean, let's hope it's more than once a year. So <laughs> listen, all right. So you should also take. Oh my God, um, that we're, that's going to be the that's. I, it. Well, we do have to talk about lubrication. <laughs> that's going to um, be our, our preview for this week. <laughs> so then, um, regular Paps, you still want to get those. Um, you want to get regular height measurements um, so that oh. you. Yeah, that's a detector for um, bone loss because yes. you start to shrink. And then, you know, any blood, urine, and other tests to screen for, um, you're at a higher risk for diabetes, heart disease, um, high blood pressure, cholesterol, and other things. Yes, and depression. <clears throat> yeah. Because, do you know, I uh, one of the, um, I think I got this from um, Forbes a ma- uh, uh, article on menopause. Half of menopausal women in developed nations felt that they, so... 10% of women experience depression during um, menopause. Yeah. Um, true depression. I mean, like, I think we all have depressed days. But because the, half of menopausal women in developed nations felt they couldn't discuss the symptoms of menopause at work due to the stigma. So people, like, it's like, it's kind of like, um, like, it's a shameful, like, it's like. There is a stigma. 100%. Totally. It's like, why are you ashamed of something that, Everyone is going to go through. So I think what that is, Aaron, is I think it's just because we live in a society that is all about fast and hard and youth. And so I think the stigma. Well, and sexuality. Yeah, sexuality. So I think the stigma comes from, you know, the per, the perceived view is that women become less attractive, mm-hmm. be, you know, lose that youthfulness, that sexuality. And so it's like menopause is like the official marker mm-hmm. of that. Of, like, of going from being, well, it's the the maiden, the mm-hmm. mother, the crone, and you're now the crone. Right. But like the crone, being in the crone years. Oh, that's what we're going to end. That We're going to end um, this episode with 10 reasons to look forward to menopause. Okay. Well, yeah. the crone, yeah, like... Um, well, hey, I was going to um, share something really quick that, um, do you know that um, I was looking up worldwide statistics and that by 2025, guess how many women in the world will be experiencing menopause or have experienced menopause? No idea. Just take a while. I like for people to guess. Tw- um, so I, let's. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> You're like. A hundred thousand. I don't, yeah, I don't, I'm never good at guesses. I can't do the math that quickly. So (laughs) don't don't make me guess. One billion with a B, billion, 12% of the world's population. Tell me that is not a shit ton of women. It is a shit ton of women. We're like, we could, we could take over the world. We could, we could. Yeah. A bunch of menopausal women like rising up in arms, like we're still vital. We're still sexy. That's right. We still got it. (laughs) And we do. So, all right. So let's get into these, these 10 reasons to look forward to menopause because that's part of it, right? Is, is, is coming into your power. And I want to hear what they are because I have, I mean, even though technically I'm not in menopause, I haven't had a period and like all of the things that I think that this age is bringing to me mm-hmm. that I, I'm like, I, I feel like I am like a freaking rock star. <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and it's say it. It's because you are. It's because you no, are. No, but okay, I mean, but I think I finally feel it. So let me, let me ask you this. So after the ablation, mm-hmm. we're just going to circle back to that for a minute. Mm-hmm. After the ablation, do you go through... Because you're not having periods, do you go through that menopausal hormone shift? Yes, because you still have ovaries. So all you don't have is the bleeding every month. So you right. still have the cyclical. No, 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 no. Oh, not the regular cycle. So you know how your hormones absolutely change after menopause? Yes. You, okay, so do you go through that immediately after the ablation? No. Or your body, okay, so it's No, because your natural... ovaries are what is sending out the estrogen. Okay. And the gotcha. progesterone. Like that's... So as long as you keep your ovaries, now if you have a hysterectomy and you have your ovaries removed, you go into instant menopause. Right. Okay. Or if you do it chemically or surgically. Okay. So like when I had my breast cancer, one of the things that they wanted to put me on was 10 years of tamoxifen. Tamoxifen puts you immediately into, um, into menopause. And I was like, so you were already going through that. No, I didn't take it. Oh, you didn't? No, I was like, hell no, I'm not taking that. Okay. I'm like, I'll take my chances. I gotcha. Like, no. Tamoxifen also increases your risk of uterine cancer. So then you have to have uterine um, ultrasounds 
which I was like, okay, so I'm going to trade breast cancer for uterine cancer. Like, uh, that doesn't seem like a fair I'm trade. Like, the scales were like doing this. Yeah. And so I was like, yeah, no. I also didn't do the 33 rounds of radiation, but I'm a rebel. Don't listen to me. I just do your own research, folks. I'm an advocate of, of my own health and wellness yeah doctors don't always like me because I don't play nice and I don't follow the protocol and I'm like yeah no like I'm not gonna like just do I I respect medical professionals their knowledge but I think so much of medicine today is protocol based it's like we do this you have a a lumpectomy and then we do 33 rounds radiation then you do it's 100 percent. it's not um personalized care it's standard of care and standard of care it should uh, we this is don't get me started i know <laughs> <laughs> you know what i'm going through maybe yes. we may or may not we talk may about talk that about it in, yeah yeah, yeah in another yeah. episode but um i i think that um standards in medicine have not science has improved technology has improved um, but care standards have been on a steady decline for quite some yes. time now, and it's very frustrating. And I well, think it's, it's based on money. I mean, let's be it honest. Is. And so they're like, oh, well, here's what we're going to do, you know. But so. And I think women get the short end of the stick a lot of times because they, yes. we, we are brushed off. Well, let's just be honest. If mm-hmm. men had menopause, do you think that there would be um, probably, which I love men. I have three sons and a husband. You probably already know sure, that. yeah. Um, but do you not think that there would be some like really great solution for hot flashes, the vasomotor? Um, 100%. So I, I got to tell you a story. I was in the, um, whatever it was called. It doesn't matter. UPS store, mailboxes, right. et cetera. Right. right. And I was standing in line <laughs> and I like, I'm a patient person. Yeah. Usually like I actually have a lot of patients, um, but, I mean, these people were, I don't know what they were doing. They were applying for the Secret Service and getting, like, their, like, a uh, whole, you know, they were, I'm like. Oh it was God. a family of 66 people applying for passports. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was a lot of people. Oh, and, and I'm, like, literally, like, first I'm just, like, oh, my gosh, like, there's a guy in the back. I'm, like, why can't he come out? All I needed to do was pick up one thing. It was, like, here's $5. Let me have that. I'm done. I'm out of here. Some days, though, we just don't have it in us. The patience is there the majority of the time, but some days it's like, okay. Well, when you have a hot flash. Oh, yeah. And you have sweat running down your back, and it's not even hot in this place. Right. But when I'm like. The frustration just rises to a level that I is I think he inhumane. can see steam coming out of my head. Literally, I'm like, and I'm not, I'm like, I'm, if you know me. If you know Enneagrams, I'm a two. I'm a helper. Right. I always, I go with the flow. But I was You're like. You're very even keeled. Very. Yeah. I was like. <gasps> <sighs> just You just get so frustrated. I live in a permanent state of hot flash. Yes. And so my, my thermostat, and every time I say this out loud, people think I'm crazy. But we keep our thermostat at 65 degrees. So it is subarctic. And I will, I will, I will attest to uh, like Alicia, which I'm. Normally, I run a little bit warm. I'm not hot natured, but I will be like in a parka with like, you know, wool socks on and she's in a tank top. Yeah. I'm like, I got to take more clothes off. This isn't working for me. Like you can put on a sweater. I can't get more naked. Yeah. So I'm naked. I can't, I can't take anything else off. So we keep a huge basket of blankets and fuzzy socks at my house for guests so that when people come over, because we know they're going to be cold when everybody in my house has just adjusted to the fact (laughs) that we live in the Arctic. They've they've thickened their blood or whatever it is they they say. that I'm just going to tell them to put on a hoodie so they don't even come to me. You're like, all right, so let's talk about reasons to look forward. Oh, wait, wait. you know what I want to tell you? 75, this is, I thought was really interesting. 75% of women, they're called vasomotor symptoms, just FYI. That's what a a hot hot flash flash, is? Vasomotor, it sounds so like, so technical, doesn't it? Like, it's it's almost instead like of, I'm gonna sexy. start telling people like if they're like oh are you having a hot flash I'm like no I'm having a vasomotor episode it's kind of sexy it's like uh, like you're revved look yeah. your engine's being revved <laughs> totally <laughs> my, no my engine is just I'm getting vasomotored over here um 75 percent of women will have them yeah I I I am surprised it's not higher mm. I don't think I know a single woman who's been through menopause that didn't experience my hot mom flashes. did not have a single hot flash I don't think really my grandma did oh no my yeah. mom sails oh. through everything though does she oh yeah she's just like nothing phases her she's she is like built from hardy stock 
Well, that's. But I, I think it's going to skip a good generation, and I'm going to because I had one in the UPS store the other day, and I was like, I was angry. It does make you angry though, because it's like you have no control over it. Especially like if you're sitting in a business meeting and you have like the sweat is rolling down your face, rolling off your neck, down your back into your. Then you've got the swamp crotch. You're sitting there. People think <laughs> that you're like drugged or getting, you know, like. Have, but see, it's, it's, why, why be embarrassed? You're like, hey. I'm having a hot flash. Yeah, but people won't say that out loud. No, they act like it's something to be shamed, shameful about. And it's great, ladies. Don't be ashamed of your hot flashes. Don't be, ash- don't be ashamed that your motor's getting revved. It's, <laughs> exactly. it's natural. It's natural. Right. <laughs> Tell me ten reasons to look forward to menopause. I'm like totally down you, for this. You ready for this? Yeah, I'm gonna okay. take notes. <laughs> All right. So the first one is so obvious. It's no more periods. Oh yeah. Like well. we don't have to buy the products. We don't have to worry about, you know, the the swampy crotch. We don't have to worry about cleaning out cups or throwing away tampons, creating or waste. Getting dirty or like getting, leaking on your underwear. Right. Or, or yeah. you know having period underwear. <laughs> I always had period underwear. God forbid. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Like I never wore the good end underwear on my period. Well I don't have period underwear anymore because I wear the exact same pair of underwear every single day. No, like <laughs> not 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 the same pair. Over and over and over. Right. But like you're like I same have pair for ten days. Brand, you have one brand, one color. One style, one color that I wear every single day and so um if <laughs> so those are your period underwear yeah, well, I used to are. have like the period underwear and then the you know underwear for the does, other yeah. especially when you're younger. I wondered about that oh no I think everybody does you do okay yeah because you, you they even had a different place in my drawer yeah because you want to be comfortable you don't want to be like restricted or constricted and you're well period underwear also because like that, that was the underwear flexible. that had like that I had maybe had a leakage in sure. and so I'm like you know, I'd wash them out. Yeah, you then, don't throw them away, but because you, you're like, it's gonna happen it's again next month. Happen again, so you keep <laughs> them around. Yeah, I think I think we all have have had phases in our life where we have period underwear. But I'm older now, and I just feel like, look, I I like to be comfortable. We're getting a little off track. We'll come right back. But Aaron and I <laughs> talked about this last time we hung out. Just about. I love stilettos. I love wearing fancy dresses and going out and having nights on the town. But I'm over wearing things that are uncomfortable. I, I am, wear comfortable shoes. I am over it. And so, yeah. So that's. Okay. So no more periods. Yes. Right. That's Amen. related to the underwear. Okay. Um, two is related directly to that. And that is no more PMS. So you're not going through those hormonal cycles or they're not as, they don't fluctuate. Drastic, right. There's not the fluctuation. They don't fluctuate as much. You have a lot less of the temporary crazy. So okay. we either go into permanent crazy or permanent power, whichever, whichever you want to call mm-hmm. it. Um, but you're not having that those PMS symptoms every month. You're not getting the breakouts. You're not having the cramps. You're not having the bloating. You're just kind of steady Eddie. So you're more like a man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm teasing. Yeah. But uh, all right. You're more like an evolved female. That's right. Right. I, I think it is an evolution of sorts. Yes. Um, all right. So then the next thing is also directly related to those first few things. And that's, um, you know, you can get busy without pregnancy worries. Yes. You or can, periods. Or periods. You can get busy anytime you want. Let's get busy. You can do whatever you want, whenever yes. you want, however you want. You don't have to worry about um, you know, getting pregnant or pre-planning so that it's around your period. So that's yeah. that's a that's a bonus. Um, the or next a thing- negative, depending on <laughs> what your situation is, I guess. Right. You may not want you, to have I, more sex. Like I know I've talked to friends and they're like they get a pass, you know, the week of their period, and they yeah. look forward to that past right. week to not a bye week on. is that what it's called right to to not to the person not making passes right I mean look let's get real about sex just for a second so I sex is wonderful I think we all enjoy it you know we, some of us enjoy it more than others but you know sometimes we go through phases in our life where it is more like a chore it's like something mm-hmm. else you have to check off the list totally so looking forward to a time when there aren't any worries and you know maybe you can you can you can try new things and and get a little nuts. <laughs> so, <laughs> all puns intended. Tell us anyway. all about it. Send <laughs> right. us an email. <laughs> right. Find us on Facebook and Instagram. Um, you can also email us there. We're we're on every platform at Midlife State of Mind Podcast. Um, so find us on Facebook and Instagram, or you can email us at Midlife State of Mind Podcast 
gmail.com at gmail.com <laughs> all right so the next thing is um we don't have those hormonal headaches i know for me that is a huge issue it has always been a huge issue yes especially if i'm not doing any sort of regulator like a birth control or um that's that's always been a a big issue for me. Um, and then this is one that I was not aware of that if you have uterine fibroids, they shrink. Yes. So, because they're not being fueled by estrogen. Right. So many women approaching their fifties develop fibroids, <laughs> which are basically uterine tumors that are almost always benign. So it's pretty normal. Um, it says about 70% of women actually have, fo- have fibroids and they go undetected. Um, so, uh, but they shrink. And so if they were causing issues, um, discomfort mm-hmm. or, or heavy bleeding. Right. Yeah. Um, that tends to decrease, mm-hmm. um, once you've gone through menopause. Okay. Um, and then the, the next few, um, the last four, I think are really just great ways to look at going through menopause. Um, so number six is it gives you a chance to take stock. And so American anthropologist, Margaret Mead called it, menopausal zest so it's the rush of energy both physical and psychological that some women feel after menopause makes menopause a natural time for women to take stock of their lives so many decide to take a fresh look at their relationships their professions the way they're caring for their own health and the ways that they want to expend their energy so we're looking at all the things in our life and saying is this how we want to continue to do things so, you know, we have episodes we upcoming have about that. Whole episodes. So, yeah. We have a whole series. But that's where of. I'm at. Even mm-hmm. though technically I'm not in menopause because of my hormones, but I'm in a menopausal state of mind. I, I yeah. I, think I might not be in there in my hormones, yeah. but I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like on fire. Right. Okay. Right. Not not hot flash, not vasomotor fire, but um <laughs> Your engine's not being revved in my, my engine is not like revving so much that it's catching on fire. Um, but yeah. Uh, right. So that gre- that chance to take stock leads to then the next one is greater self assurance. So it yes. says it's not uncommon for postmenopausal women to feel empowered, partly because of the biologic biological changes that take place in menopause. Listen, okay, I'm going to try this again. (laughs) Partly because of the biological changes that take place in menopause and partly because of the point in life at which menopause occurs, women are often believed not to have monthly periods with the accompanying risk of... So it's basically all the things that we talked about before gives you a greater sense of just kind of being able to enjoy your life. You're not tied down to those period cramps, that PMS mood swinging, the, you know, all of the symptoms that come on with having a period. You're not tied to, you know, wearing the period underwear, not being able to have sex, well, also, worrying about getting pregnant. You're also, <laughs> because of when it happens, it's probably at a time, if you've had kids, that your kids are like getting autonomous that's right even if they're still in the house that's right they're not needing you as much they so don't you're, need you you're kind much. of like holy cow right it's it's a whole it's a whole vibe yeah it's a whole vibe. it's a vibe yeah yeah um and then that because you are able to take stock and because you have greater self-assurance you realize that you're at a time in your life where you're able to take more risks yeah you know you can you can try new things like taking a ballet class or a ballet class. Or we're, we're both having trouble speaking today. I don't, I don't know. I don't, it's this third Mercury and retrograde bullshit. I don't know. Look, the planets, it's been a crazy week for me. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll talk about that later, but it's been, it's been nuts. Is Mercury in retrograde? Yes. It's oh. the third time. It's the last time of the year. Shit uh, is, okay. there's something about some other moon pipe. I don't know. I don't yeah. keep up with that stuff. I just see it on Facebook and I'm like, oh, that's why people are batshit oh, crazy. Oh, you're like, right that's now. why my life is how it is right er- now. Everyone's okay. batshit crazy. I don't, yeah. So, um, so you're, you become, you, you, you get to a state of mind where you're, you realize that I can take some more risks. Um, okay. Yeah. I think then, so. Yeah. I, I, I think that you, like you said, your kids are, are either grown or coming into a state where they don't need you as much and where you can start kind of looking for things to do with your time that don't revolve around other people. Say sidebar for a second. Okay. So that is interesting because, um, just us starting this podcast, totally something I probably in my thirties or early, you know, early forties would not have had the confidence. Three kids. You were in the thick of it. Yeah. Well, also, 
I had a great idea. I just, this is going to take a little tangent. Sorry. Um, that when I was like 26, I had this whole idea that my favorite thing about going to the hairdresser was getting my hair washed. Oh yeah. And you might've heard this story. Oh, it's the best. So I was like, Oh getting your my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my story. <laughs> I was like, Oh, thank you. You have heard it. Um, and I had this whole idea. I was like leasing apartments and we had one kid. My husband was in yeah. school full time. And I was like, I do not have a degree in cosmetology or a, or a certification or a license, but I was like, you know what I want to open? I want to open a shampoo bar. I want to open it. This is 1996. Okay. <laughs> everywhere. I was like, I want to open up a place where yeah. you can go and get your hair washed by someone. Just washed and blown out. Yes. Washed. It's such a luxury. But I did not have a cosmetology license. Right. I didn't even know the first thing about, and I, 26, I have this great idea um, but I'm like, how do I even implement it? So if like, let's just say I was 50 in 1996 before mm-hmm. yeah. dry bar came around. Right. I was the original dry bar, but I was going to call it shampoo bar and it was going to be shaved like a bar, um, like three sides and with Shay's lounges, like, yeah. and then people are behind it and you can be like, Oh, you know what? Today I feel like I want to have the Aveda, you know, peppermint. Yeah, whatever. Oh, no, today yeah. I want to have the, you know, like how you're like, I want like top your, shelf Like you're vodka. ordering drinks. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. But for your hair. Yes. And, um, but if I was 50 and 96, I probably would have done it. Right. Because I would have taken the risk. But at 26, I was like, oh, I talked myself out of it. Right. Well, you you also had different demands on your life at totally. that time that now you don't have. And so I think it's, yeah. I, I think that's probably a big part of a lot of the decision making when you've just started a family and, you know, instead of being risky, what you want to create is security. And yes. I think a lot of women get, um, and I hope this is not offensive. If it is, you can voice that opinion on our Facebook or Instagram. But I think a lot of women get stuck in that image of providing security and then they Mm -hmm. don't take risks and then we arrive in our 50s Mm -hmm. 40s 50s and we're like well shit if I don't do it now you know when am I going to do it that's 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 where I am for Mm -hmm. sure is like oh you want to do a podcast I've been thinking about that for a year so let's do it Mm -hmm. because if I don't do it now do when am I going to do it do I want Mm -hmm. another five years to pass and then not do it yeah no of course not so that leads us to the next thing is you get into a state of mind where you're able to take more risks. And then the next one, um, number nine, is you start focusing on caring for yourself. So you turn mm. the focus internally. You, you've spent, you know, if especially if you have a family, you've spent your 20s and 30s and maybe a part of your 40s raising children, you know, taking care of your, your husband, raising yourself, as we say in our intro, and now you have raised the rim on those road, rose-colored glasses in your life where you're looking outward, you're looking, you know, we, I think as women in our nature, we are people pleasers. By nature, we want to, we are nurturers, we want to care for everybody and make sure everybody feels cared for. Mm -hmm. And so we're at a stage in our life where people aren't, you know, we're not having to change diapers, we're not having to heat bottles, we're not having to, you know, pack lunches, drive to soccer practice, do all the things because our children are older or maybe out of the house. And so we're able to focus that energy on ourselves. Okay, one more little thing. Mm -hmm. I know. I just had this exact conversation with my husband because I haven't wanted to cook dinner because we're, I'm an empty nester. <clears throat> my youngest went away to college. So it's just, um, just a few weeks ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A month now, I think. Has it been a month? <clears throat> August 20th. And, um, and so I was like, yeah, I just, I just don't want to take care of anyone. I don't even, yeah. I mean, cause I cook, you know, for us, he has a very demanding job. I mean, um, but you're at a point like where and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, eh. we you know, and he's kind of like, we can eat oh, out. Or... Oh, you know, I mean, God love him. He's very supportive. of Anything I ever want to do. Right. Uh, but I think he's like, oh, gosh, like, um, you know, like it's it's interesting to hear you say that because I'm interested to see how this phase that you're in right now. I think I told you this last time we recorded because you expressed this to me then. Um. I'm interested to see how this is going to evolve yeah. because for me, it's going to be kind of like a, like a blueprint of what's to come. For right. You. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah. And so, what's and then, number 10, 
All right. So the last one, which is what this podcast is all about, the entire thing is bonding with other women at this stage of life. Yes. And I think that is the most wonderful thing that comes out of being in that midlife state is Mm -hmm. the and, you know, going through menopause is realizing that you can turn the focus inward that you can start exploring new relationships that may be completely different from your soccer mom friendships or your well those were bounded by children right once your children are gone then you can start pouring back into friendships I think because you're not you know the the like the soccer mom friendships are great they serve a purpose Um, but it's because you're all at soccer practice and you're sitting on the sidelines those are some of the greatest times but then it's like it might not be people that you normally would have like been friends with with. yeah and so we get to we we all share this thing it happens to every single woman Mm -hmm. nobody is nobody is free and clear of going through menopause because it's well right if you live long enough you're gonna go through you're gonna go through it and so we get to have this incredible bonding experience with other women in our lives and we get to talk about all of these things and share our experiences and so that's what we want you to do is we would love for you to come over to Midlife State of Mind podcast on Facebook or Midlife State of Mind podcast on Instagram and tell us what you're feeling. T- share your menopause experience with us and with the other people in this community that we mm-hmm. are working so hard to build. Right. Tell us Tell us about the most challenging things for you. Tell us what's been the most rewarding things for you. Um, come hang out and, and be part of this story. Yeah, or email us um, at midlifestateofmindpodcast at gmail.com. And tell us if you don't want to put it on social media, we will like respect your privacy and use a pseudonym. Absolutely. And we'll respond to every email personally. So thank you so much for hanging out today. Yeah, We (laughs) love you all. Thank you. (laughs) We love you so much. So if you like this, of course, we want you to hit that subscribe button. We want you to share it with your friends. We want you to rate us and leave a review and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.